Thank you for listening to our podcast. For more information about our church, visit therockonline.org. And now a message from The Rock of Gainesville. I'm grateful to be with you guys again. Again, thank you to Pastor for giving me the opportunity to, to be here um, and, and, and share a word with you today. And this topic, I love this, this topic of the greatest because, you know, what's going on right now in culture, right? People want to talk about being the greatest. You want to be the GOAT, right? You're talking about sports. I mean, come on, Tom Brady, how can you not bring him up in the midst of it? The guy's one year younger than me, and he's still killing it in the NFL. I don't understand, but it's happening. I'm like, Tom, could you give me some of the physical help, bro? My back hurts sometimes, but you're over here still taking hits in the NFL. I don't understand. But that conversation comes up. You got Michael Jordan. You got LeBron James. You got, then you take it over into music. You take it over into writing. People want to be the GOAT. They want to be the greatest of all time, right? Well, the real greatest of all time is Jesus. And that's why we're talking about this month, that, that this month. So my man, Pastor Hector, last week knocked it out of the park with that grand slam. Woo! Jesus being the greatest servant. And, um, you know, which I think is apropos, as he shared that word, what's he doing? He's filling a spot back there in the, in the, in, in the sound booth and lighting booth, doing his thing back there serving. So I appreciate you, man. I love you, my brother. I love you a lot. So today we're talking about Jesus being the greatest source, and I wanted to take it back to the statement that was made when Moses was first called by the Lord, and he said, I am who I am, or I am that I am, which is kind of a statement that's kind of like, okay, you're asking for a name, and that's the name you give? I am who I am. (laughs) Period. But let's talk about what that means, and then what it means as we talk about Jesus. So you take it over to Exodus chapter 3, verse 13 through 15. And it says this, then Moses said to God, and this is, again, let me, let, me, let me pause here. Remember, set the scene in your mind. Moses has walked by this burning bush, which is not burning. God's getting his attention. I've said this many times. Trust that the Lord is able to speak to you in a way that you can understand. Not in particular that you're so good, so holy, so fasted and prayed up that you can hear God's voice. But in his great mercy that he'll speak in a way such that you can understand and hear it. Amen? I'm trusting his mercy, not how good and faithful I can be. Okay? Although I'm called to be, I'm trusting that he is more faithful than I ever will be. And so the Lord makes this opportunity for Moses to hear. And so Moses responds, then Moses said to God, if I come to the people of Israel and say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you. And they ask me, what is his name? What shall I say to them? God said to Moses, and this is all caps in your Bible, I am who I am. And on that, we all say amen. And he said, say this to the people of Israel, I am has sent me to you. God also said to Moses, say this to the people of Israel, the Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has sent me to you. This is my name forever. And thus I am to be remembered throughout all generations. So when the children of Israel heard this, told over and over. This is the reality, the name that God has given. I am who I am, or I am that I am. I am that one. I am. I have always been, I always will be, and I always will be with you. So long as you choose to be with me, I'm always with you. I am, simply. I exist. There's no anyone created me because they kind of needed a God. People thinking today, oh, the religious traditions, isn't it sweet? All the different ones that are there because people created something that they wanted to help them through life. You know, as some of the old Marxists of the past and some today, unfortunately, 
still say, oh, religion's a crutch that people created because they kind of needed something. They couldn't handle it. So they need something to give them hope. Oh, no, friends. <laughs> there is way more than you need some hope. So we made up God and made up the Bible. Trust me. There is way more than you need some hope. You need salvation because without him, you are eternally lost. End of story. But in him, there is life and that life more abundantly. Amen. That's Jesus. That's Jesus. But this is way back in Exodus chapter 3. And we're over here at Christmas, and I thought, like, Jesus was born. And y'all got the majors. We have one of the old school, uh, we have one of the plastic. My wife loves it. There's some things that are like, you know, you do the, it's almost tacky. But you just do it because, you know, it's like it's old school vintage. If you throw vintage on anything, like, it could be old and wore out. But if you say vintage, then it's like, oh, okay. Vintage. All right. I, I feel you. It's vintage. Okay, cool. So we have a vintage nativity in front of our house. I'm, I'm about to build a little box for Jesus. Jesus got a little bit low down, and we can't have that. So he's down a little bit because we have a little uh, bucket in the, in the garden. So I'm building a, a little box to, uh, to elevate the Lord today. <laughs> today when I get home. So, hey, we're supposed to exalt his name, man. So, um, so we have this little nativity scene. But... Um, but, but this reality is you look back here and we're in Exodus, but we're talking about Jesus. Well, the thing is, he's always been. Don't let the world's picture get you where you start to think somehow Jesus began at Christmas. Okay, I'm going to take you somewhere in a minute and show you something that many of you probably haven't noticed in Scripture to realize that, man, he has always been and always will be. So let's jump over now into John chapter 8. And this is where Jesus, in one of the many occasions in which he got folks straight angry with him. <laughs> okay. This is one of those moments where Jesus just made people mad. And I was like, cool, do it, Lord. You're the Lord of all creation. Handle it, Lamb of God. <laughs> John chapter 8, 56 through 59 says this, your father Abraham rejoiced that he would see my day. And this is Jesus being questioned as he was oftentimes. And they would ask him stuff and they're trying to catch him. And so here's what he says, your father Abraham rejoiced that he would see my day. He saw it and was glad. So the Jews said to him, you're not yet 50 years old, because Jesus was, of course, in his early 30s, 33 when he died. And you've seen Abraham? Jesus said to them, truly, truly, I say to you, before Abraham was, I am. So they picked up stones to throw at him, but Jesus hid himself and went out of the temple. Now understand the background here. Jesus, what I just told you, Exodus chapter 3, the Jews would have known. I am that I am. We are talking about the eternal God and creator of all, our one true God. So Jesus now assumes this name and he says, I am. Specifically because if he just wanted to say, well, I was around and I was born at this time, he could have said, I was. But you notice the Lord says, I am, because he is always, he exists outside of this linear realm of time that we do. So he simply is. So when Jesus now takes that on, they're like, oh, my God, blasphemer. So they pick up stones to throw at him because that was part of the issue at that time is if there was blasphemy, you were going to be stoned for it. So they're ready to pick up stones and stone Jesus because they're thinking, blasphemer, you're making yourself equal with God. But the reality was he was simply validating the truth that he is the second person of the Godhead, the second person of the Trinity who always was and always will be. And therefore, again, pointing back to what we're talking about today, he is the greatest source because he's always been there. 
He's always been. Wasn't created, didn't come around because we have our nativity scenes and we needed a Christmas season to give us hope. Although we get hope. Come on, man, we didn't have anything to do with it. It was out of his grace and his sovereignty that God then sends his son, which we'll talk more about that in a minute. So Jesus affirms the reality that he is part of the eternal Godhead, the Trinity. I am. And let's go a little further. Throughout the book of John, Jesus was taking that sword and just jabbing them in what they didn't know. And he was saying, this is what's true. In John chapter 6, 35, verse 41, verse 48, and verse 51, he says, I am the bread of life. I am again. I'm the bread. I'm not only your physical sustenance, but I'm your spiritual sustenance. You realize this. Go deeper today. We're like, oh, yes, Jesus, the bread of life. But, you know, farmers and all the people who figured stuff out. And No, no, no. Even the bread you put in your mouth, he's the source of that. Whose word created all this? Don't buy the evolutionary game because we buy it sometimes without saying, oh, I believe in that. We buy this idea that, like, humans, like, progressed all this stuff on our own. Like we were the source. No, I want you to get deeper today and realizing the very source, even when you go put that piece of bread in your mouth today, the very word of God has made the bread that you put in your mouth possible. And I say amen because I throw a little butter on that thing today. Or if you're in the Caribbean game with me, man, put a little, slice that cheese, throw a little jam on there, throw it in the press. Coffee on the side. My Cuban brethren, get that pressed toast. Get your cafecito, sip away, eat your bread. Jesus is the source of even the fact that bread exists. No, think it through. Come on, we don't, we don't understand that in him all things hold together. We're going to get there in a minute too. So he's the bread of life. John 8, 12, he says, I'm the light of the world, which we then get called to represent as well. I'm the light of the world. John 10, 7 and 9, I am the door of the sheep. The entrance and exit, the place in which you can go and know that there's a safe place in your life, that you're in the house of God in particular, he is the door of that. He is the only one who lets you in. And then the place of having a shepherd, John 10, verse 11 and 14, I am the good shepherd. John 11, 25, I am the resurrection and the life. The only way that you're becoming spiritually alive is not because you chose to one day because you read a couple of self-help books and figured, hmm, Bible ranks up there. I think I'm going to become a Christian today. Because of the very saving work by God's grace and mercy is how you got saved. So I am the resurrection and the life. John 14, 6, this one we need desperately today, today, especially in America, in America. John 14, 6, I am the truth. Yes, there is absolute truth. I say it over and over again. I'm going to say it today again a few more times. There is no your truth. There is no your truth, my truth. Yeah, girl, you know, I, after, after I walked through a few things, girl, I realized my truth. Oh, no, you realize his truth, and then you submitted yourself to it if you want to be in the right order. But you didn't recognize that your truth was something. You don't have any truth. He does, and therefore you get a revelation and a hearing ear, and you submit to that truth. I implore you today, do that and don't receive the ways of the world, which is that I kind of figured a few things out, and this works for me. No, no, trust me on that one. It will be better for you to trust the Lord. <laughs> Okay? For his truth. 
And then John 15, 1 and 5, I am the vine. And guess who you are if you're in Christ? You're the branches. In him you bear much fruit. Not in yourself, not in your own wisdom. Here's one of my, one of my favorite people preaching the word of God for years and years. Dr. Tony Evans says it this way. God defines himself by himself, not who we want him to be. Dr. Tony Evans, drop it knowledge. Say it again. God defines himself by himself, not who we want him to be. So when there's an area of life in which we hit, hey, what do we do? And you get God's answer, we don't get to redefine it. And let me help some of y'all, because I had to help myself on this one, and I still do sometimes. Hold on, I need to take a sip. I'm getting all excited here. God is not the mean old grandpa in heaven that you kind of have to figure out how to make him more palatable to the world. You hear me? God is not the, the, the father, the, the, the crazy uncle. How much love is it on for some of y'all? Got that crazy uncle. You're at the barbecue and you're like, hope he just stays in the den. Keep it down. How do, we don't know what he's going to say. So we're just trying to keep him at bay right now. As you know, we got folks here who don't know us that well. And so, you know, uncle so-and-so might start popping off and it might be a little crazy. So we just really, hey, don't you want to stay in there and eat another plate of food? You know what I mean? God is not that guy. But some of us, because certain things that he has said in his word, we don't particularly like in our flesh. We think somehow we got to figure stuff out to, well, let's send God to sensitivity training. I think this seminar would really be good for the Lord to attend. <laughs> kind of soften his language a little bit, be a more understanding, whatever. No. He calls us, as the word he gave us through the Apostle Paul, to have our word seasoned with grace, but he didn't call us to change his truth. Oh. Uh-uh. Don't change the truth. Don't add to these words and don't subtract from these words, saints. Trust him. His word is sufficient. Receive that. Always remember that. God defines himself by himself, not who we want him to be. Again, and when we see these words of God, don't think, well, you know, God said all this stuff in the Old Testament. Don't buy this. Lie of the world again. Lie of some in the church, unfortunately. All that stuff. And then there was this line here, and God went and got a facial and an enema, and he went to a retreat and a camp, and now he feels better, and then he came back as Jesus, which is much nicer. That's some people's bad theology. Like there was this line of demarcation when God went to summer camp and got better and felt better about stuff, so then he was nicer. No, I am who I am, and I do not change. All of it is who he is. And guess who was right there in the midst? Jesus, the second person of the Godhead, the Word. When you go back into, read your Bible again. Go into Genesis. And the, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the deep because the Lord was there in the beginning. And then God spoke. The Lord was there over it all. The Spirit of God was hovering, and the Lord spoke. All three were present at creation. See it again. All three were present at creation. There wasn't this like, you know, I, I think I'll make myself two more partners here in this whole process. All three present as the eternal Godhead. 
Here's what Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6 says about this eternality of Jesus, which many read this scripture, man, we get it on our Christmas card. We don't even realize it speaks of Jesus' eternal nature. Isaiah 9, 6 through 7 says this, For unto us a child is born, to us a son is given. You, you know this one, right? Been in a million different Christmas programs. We even read it this Wednesday night at our Christmas concert. And the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And of the increase of his government and of peace, there will be no end on the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and to uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time forth and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. Amen. Amen. But here's where I want you to go is to back to the top of verse 6. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given. Anybody ever wonder why that's stated twice? It's not really stated twice. It's two realities. For to us a child is born. The representation which I have kind of in my front yard of the little nativity that we're going to go work on today after church. But to us a son is given. Why is the son given? Because the son eternally exists. See it, that little child, the little baby Jesus that we celebrate at this time of year was the vehicle through which the God-man would come into the earth. But Jesus wasn't created. Jesus is uncreated. He has always existed, therefore further affirming why he is the greatest source. Come on, church, see it today. For to us a child is born, but to us the son is given. Because he already existed and already knew that from the foundations of the world when man sinned, that there was going to be a plan of salvation which would restore and redeem you and I in order that we'd walk in right relationship with the Father and then carry out everything that he had glorified or he has for us to glorify him. Come on. Come on. That's a good place to clap, shout, whatever you got. He always was and always will be. The child is born, but the son eternally exists. So... Mm. I got to zero in because this could be a four-part series, but we got one week, okay? We got a few minutes left here. So Jesus, I got one point for you, which I'll have a couple of subpoints on. Jesus, this is it right here. Jesus is our ultimate source. Read it, meditate on it. We're going to dig into it right now. Jesus is our ultimate source. To go back to where we were in Exodus, God said to Moses, I am who I am. And he said, say this to the people of Israel, I am has sent me to you. I am has sent me to you. I am who I am, the eternal one who exists. Second, in John 8, 58, again, we saw there, Jesus said to them, truly, truly, I say to you, before Abraham was, I am. Again, that present tense always existing. There's not a past. There's not a future. It's a present statement because he doesn't say I was. He doesn't say I will be. He says I am. Those two statements are real about him, but who does he identify himself as? I am. Always existent. But you know what that also means for you and I? Yeah, I'll tell you now. It means for you and I that he will always be with you. One of the greatest things of this season is the name Emmanuel. God with us. God with us. 
that reality of the fact that God came and took on human flesh and dwelt among us is a reality why, for, for example, those in some other faiths feel like it's one of the blasphemous things that we say is that God came down with man. Think about it. The stuff you deal with as a human, our tiredness, our pain, our sickness, our temptations, he took all of it on. I, I can't fathom. We sometimes have a difficulty getting down next to our brother or sister when they're going through some stuff. But our God came from the second position of the Godhead in heaven into human history with the limitations of time. Can you imagine being Jesus? No, for real, you have no time limitation. And now I got to like go through the hours of the day with these cats, these 12 other dudes who, who we got together with. And now I have to be having the limitation of, yeah, it's gonna, we're, we're going to get up at, at, at 6. I mean, I can't do a, a, a great dramatic presentation like my brother Pastor Hector did last week, who knocked it out of the park. Especially Matthew. I mean, you killed it, bro. You killed it. You killed it, man. <laughs> but understanding that he then bound himself to this reality of time. Just that alone. But then he bound himself also to the reality of temptations that we face as human beings. Amen? Don't say amen too loud. Okay, <laughs> just kidding. But the reality of temptations we face as human beings, all of that he subjected himself to. In his greatness, he still subjects himself to that. He will always be with us. So Jesus has always existed and therefore is the greatest source of all we need. He's always existed, therefore he's the greatest source of all we need. There is not, again, a beginning to him or an end to him. He's eternal. So you can plug into that source and know that you're getting everything you need because he has it all figured out already anyway. Again, I want you to take it down into the basics of life. When Colossians says what it says, which we're going to read in a minute, he is literally the source through which all things hold together. Scientists didn't, like, figure out some stuff about molecules. Like, literally, the word of God produced that. The beauty of this is that we get to discover what God has done in the complexity of creation. That's, uh, we're just discovering. We're not finding anything new. We're discovering what God has already done by the power of his word. Who was the word? Jesus. This is why the word says the word became flesh and dwelt among us. So when you get, uh, you grab that good cup of coffee and that piece of bread, Jesus. And some of you coffee drinkers are saying amen a little louder. I know. When you get in that car, turn the key, push the button, whichever one you got these days, Jesus. I mean, literally, the word of God has created all things. We just get to discover and utilize part of the dominion mandate. But it all originates because of the word of God. It all begins with him. He is the source. Second one, he's the source of salvation and everything that we need for life. He's the source of salvation and everything that we need for life. 2 Peter 1 says that this was one of my favorite scriptures. Verse 3, his divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us to his own glory and excellence. So everything that you need is already supplied, but it comes through the knowledge of God. Because a lot of people will get to enjoy what theologians will call common grace. We all get to enjoy the fact that we're sitting on chairs because we got to realize that we could mine certain materials and, and, and utilize certain natural elements and then create fabrics and, and, and foam and all that kind of stuff and build chairs. So the reality of common grace is we all get to sit on the chairs. 
What we understand though, or we should, is that the reason why you were able to have those natural elements and those raw materials was because of the very word of God, Jesus, the greatest source. That's an expression of common grace. You go outside and there's rain, the rain falls on the just and the unjust. Common grace. See, but the special grace, the specific grace, is that when one receives the salvation work of Christ and now is restored as a son or daughter. Oh, come on now. <laughs> Woo! Yeah. The salvation work happens in our lives. That is the beautiful, personal, special grace that happens, but his divine power is over all of it. He's granted to us everything that pertains to life and to godliness. He's the source of all the wisdom. We're over here having so many societal issues, and we see it now in some of these, even some of these court cases of recent uh, days, is that people are so confused. We're trying to figure out why something matters or why something should be one way or the other. We got those in our government today didn't know what to do with the two young men who were convicted of the Boston bombing. Because, man, it was, hey, death penalty for them. And then there was a time, and we had all the politics and everything, and then there was a big pronouncement, we're not going to have any death penalty when we get elected. But then they're like, oh, those guys are up. Oops. Uh, what do we do? Why? Human wisdom trying to overwhelm the source, the word of God. Oh, my God, this young man's struggling. He's dealing with his identity. He doesn't know if he's a girl, boy, whatever. Well, I guess, you know, that's the best thing would be kind of give him some drugs, send him to a clinic and tell him, hey, whatever you pick today, let us know. <laughs> Gut-wrenching stuff. But when we're going by human wisdom, what else can we do but walk around in confusion? As the word says, groping in the darkness, trying to figure stuff out. But as the word says in Isaiah 60, not one of my scriptures, sorry, guys, 60 verse 1, that the people who are walking in darkness have seen a great light. What's the light? Not just Christmas lights and, oh, we have hope because it was special because there was a star. About. No, no, no. Realize the source. Jesus came into the darkness to bring about his work. That's the greatness of that light. So his divine power grants us all of that, everything that pertains to life and to godliness. Next one, he's the source of all authority and he's central to all things. I said this scripture a few times, and now let's, let's read it. Colossians 1, 15 through 20. Man, Colossians chapter 1 and 2. If, you got, if, you, if you're not sure <laughs> where to study after you get through with the Gospels and stuff, I, this is a good spot to go to, especially in this day and age in our culture. Colossians 1, chapter 15 through 20 says, He's the image, Jesus, of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him all things were created. In heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. Amen. All things were created through him and for him. Pause. We don't get to say, well, you know, we elected these people or this person's running for office or this king is over here, that queen is over there, whatever. And so Jesus will take a sideline and we'll just gently bring him in by like handing people cookies sometimes and, and standing outside and not saying anything. Oh, he says right here, all things were created through him and for him. He is Lord over all. All of it. He's not sitting back in a corner somewhere saying, I hope somebody will like me. It's a Jesus that was sold to us by the world sometimes. Jesus over here all shy in the corner saying, hey, you know, maybe if somebody likes me and will let me in, I can have a spot at the table. 
No, all things were created through him and for him. Yet, even in that, he comes with grace and mercy. Because the scripture says he remembers our frame, that we're dust. Okay? He remembers that we can be a hot mess. Sometimes more often than not. And in his mercy, he comes to us still. But don't forget ever, he is Lord of all. Beginning in your life. Through him and for him. And he is before all things. And in him, all things hold together. Right? Your coffee and your bread, like we talked about, all things literally hold together in him. And he is the head of the body, the church. He's the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in everything he might be what? Preeminent. Here's simple language for that. First place. In all things. He might be preeminent. For in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of the cross. Come on. Come on. He's before all things, and in him all things hold together. He literally is the greatest source. So you guys know every so often I'll have an object lesson in my mind. And uh, a lot of times it'll deal with something that I've been working through. So literally, we've been working through some stuff at my house. If you want to see after church, I have a picture of the flooring we installed. It, it. My wife says, hallelujah, it's done. I'm sure she's probably stood up in the middle of the living room and did like circles for Jesus. It is finished. Um, so it's been an interesting situation. I had some hiccups in there in the process and got this flooring project done. And um, if you know anything about uh, doing, doing wood floor or wood laminate floor, you definitely want to have a jigsaw. Okay, because, I mean, unless you got, like, some other saws that can do, like, amazing things that maybe Andrew has. But for the regular folks who are doing weekend warrior stuff, you want a jigsaw. Because you got to be able to cut angles and you want to cut notches and that kind of stuff. And so this jigsaw, though, you know, like, it's no good. No power. Ain't no power. You need a, you need a source of power. Right. And so this one, and... uh. DeWalt didn't pay me any money for this ad, so maybe I'll get an endorsement afterwards. So now, got power. And this one has a little light in there. All right, there's a little light in there. So dude, good job, PT, buying the good stuff for us. This is the church's. It's not mine. <laughs> I broke mine, and I asked him if I could borrow his for the church. <laughs> Pastor Tad is always the gracious man. Let me borrow tools. He comes sometimes, and I'm like, I borrowed tools again, please. <laughs> So, the jigsaw here. And um, so, here's the thing. This setup is what our culture is currently working with, and some Christians are currently working with. You're like, what's wrong with that? There's a battery. No, they're, not, they're still not hooked up to the source. This battery has a, 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 a certain time frame on it. If I stand here and do this for long enough, it's, it's going to run out. Many little cuts as I do. Long cuts, it's gonna run out. So I actually need to go a little further than this. Take this, pull my battery back off, if I can get it off. 
And so this is a charger. They come in different forms for these cordless power tools these days. And so I'm going to find a spot here, hopefully, and get this plugged in. And uh, here we go. That's in. And we know we got it right because light's flashing. So I got another step in the power source. So our culture is currently living with the battery here. They're disconnected from the original source. But I'm going to tell you this. Many people are living here too. They'll walk away. And they'll pull this back. I'm good. I got enough from you, God. I got my battery charged. Walk away. It's kind of hard. It's kind of rough. And they go back again. We're back and, we're back and forth. Not realizing the source. But here's the other thing. Our power source here, GRU, shout out to Eric Walters, if you're in the building, Eric. Um, anybody else who works for GRU? Sorry, I just don't know that you do. I knew Eric works for GRU. Um, some people go back there. Because that's why this is flashing here. It's because we got, our power source here is GRU, okay? This is where some of the tied dollars go to pay the power bill of this building, okay? To GRU. But some people go back to GRU. So, so it's a little bit a little bit more serious of a sort. They, they, they understand there's a little bit more of a connection. I'm telling you today, we got to go beyond the power plants. we got to go past GRU, Clay Electric, Duke Energy, wherever you live, City of Newberry. we got to go beyond that to the original source. And I don't mean that just so that you can keep doing stuff and feeling good in your life. I mean that so that you can actually have what will supply actually every need and the right reasons and rationales for your life. You see, so many people are walking around with the battery like this. And this is our culture, which is why we say, in a general sense, we're like, yeah, I guess, you know, being married, if, if you want to be with another person, being married's good. You know, and I, gosh, I saw that thing on TV and that those people were so hateful. I guess that's bad that they were hateful to other people. And, well, gosh, this case is up and this guy got shot. I guess that's bad. Somebody has to pay for that. And we got a little bit, a little bit, and you're not connected to the source, so you don't even know why. Why is it that that should be wrong? Why is it that I should be concerned with that situation? Why is it that I should be concerned, as we are as a church, with sexual purity for men, which in January we'll be starting up another, another plug for the Conquer Series. Conquer Series and Warpath starting up in January. Men, keep your eyes open for that. Why is that important? Why does it matter? If I'm just here with battery level, it's just because I was told somewhere that it was good, and maybe I read a scripture sometime. But it's not because all of who I am realizes that in all things, they were created through him and for him. And that all must submit to his lordship. So we can't then also be the people who are coming back here for a little plug-in to the battery station to get a little bit more. Or we also can't be saying, hey, GRU. We got to understand the source goes beyond that. That the eternal source, which you've been talking about today, Jesus, supplies all of that and is Lord over all that. 
As has been said many times, Jesus is Lord of all or he's not Lord at all. You can go with the whole Jesus is somewhat Lord. Keep your battery attached. And you can go with the Jesus is a little bit more somewhat Lord and take your battery and plug it in every so often. And you can say, he's, I think he's, he's pretty strongly Lord. Go to the power plant. Or you can say, no, everything is gone. It's all Jesus. He is my greatest source. And therefore, I know he's above all of it. I don't get to keep little parts of my life that then are not submitted to him. Because if not, I will get down the road at some point, there will be a breaking point. And I'll tell you what, God in his mercy, praise God when the breaking point comes. Because then you realize that you don't actually have it all figured out. You are not actually the source of wisdom in your life. God is. You are not the source of all wisdom in, in your situations and in your finances and in your family. You need to cry out to Jesus. Oh, whoever wrote that song, cry out to Jesus. Simple. Simple. Sometimes you need a song like that. So I loved a couple of the songs today that had a couple of verses you just repeat. Sometimes you need to just be reminded of this one thing. This truth. And Jesus is the source. And because he is, I'm telling you today, allow every single area of your life in this season to be about Jesus. You know, there's a, a podcaster I listen to. He's also a pastor of a church. And he spoke recently about some giveaways he was doing at the end of his podcast. And I was so intrigued. I'm going to read this book. And this title of the book was A Theology of Christmas Gifts. And his tagline was, instead of feeling guilty about being able to buy gifts, why don't you buy a really nice gift for someone you love? Because if you have the right source, it's okay to buy a nice gift for somebody. If you have the right source, it's okay to enjoy some time with your family. If you have the right source, it's okay to party a little bit. We've been doing it all month. It's December. Okay? I would have added another hour to the party a couple weeks ago, but y'all ate all the food. So, okay. <laughs> it's okay when we have the right central figure to it all. We ought to laugh. We ought to enjoy ourselves. We also ought to be serious when it's time to be serious. Hear a rebuke and receive it and give one. Why? Because the source has been over all of it. In all things, he would be preeminent. Why? Because I am that I am. Because I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am the bread of life. I am the shepherd of the sheep. I am the door of the sheep. Jesus saying all of this, everything that is necessary for life and godliness has been provided by his divine power. And so today... As we go, and this is December 12th, and you got 13 more days until Christmas Day, which, thank God, we still live in a culture that we can mark a day on the calendar and celebrate it as the coming of Christ. We know, again, we know historically it's not completely accurate on our timetables and some other things and all that, and you, you walk by your conviction as far as the things that are not specifically biblically mandated, okay? But in all of it, we keep Christ central. Come on, people. As we sing songs, that's why I had such a good time on Wednesday night. Y'all enjoy Wednesday night who were here? Come on. Man, I honor, honor all of our team who, who, who just contributed and, and did their thing. It was just so fun, but one of our heartbeats in the midst of it was we want Christ to be central. 
we sang some songs that were lighthearted and fun. Didn't y'all love the sisters thing with Kelsey and Allison? That not super fun. But in all things that Christ is central. Because somebody said this kind of jokingly backstage, but I was like, that's it. They're like, people were like, oh, we thought we, they were just sisters in Christ, but now we know they're natural sisters. But Christ is over all of that. So in the fact that they're able to come together as sisters in Christ, as well as being natural sisters, he's over all that. Why can people have babies? Because of Christ. Because of the word that created us in that way. So they're natural sisters because of Jesus, but then they're spiritual sisters because of Jesus. And then they can walk together in the kingdom of God and serve him because of Jesus, the greatest source. So today I encourage you, let's be about it. Let's realize that we look back and we don't stop at battery level, at charger level, at plug into the outlet level, or at GRU slash power plant slash Duke Energy slash Clay Electric or whoever else you got. But we go all the way back to the original source so that we know what we need to live out. So that when there are issues in our life, we know to whom we are accountable and who is always there with us. God with us forever. Emmanuel. The beauty of the fact that not only is Jesus the greatest source and Lord of all, but then he comes to you right where you are. You guys have heard me talk about when you see goodness and greatness in the book of Psalms. A lot of times it's a picture of the fact that God is great and overall, but the goodness touches your life directly. See that as you read through the book of Psalms, that the greatness of God and the power, the lordship of him is there. But then he comes and says, my son, my daughter, right into your space. It's a right to where you are all the way through all of the creation that he lords over. He is the greatest source. Come stand with me for a second. I want to pray over you. Lord Jesus, thank you. Thank you today that we see this reality a little more clearly. That you are the greatest source of all we need. And that you are central to all things. And I pray that over every believer in this place as we go through the daily lives that we have through this Christmas season. God, that we keep you in clear view, in clear focus as the preeminent one through which all things hold together. And the one who has supplied everything that we have need of for life and godliness. We thank you. We count ourselves blessed to be children in the household of God. And this morning, we pray over those who are not there yet. Those who might be watching online today and those in this room. I pray that they will receive what you have for them. So if that's you today, heads bowed, eyes closed. If that's you today and you know I have not yet received the greatest source because I don't know Jesus. I'm not walking with him. I want you to throw a hand up. If you're watching online, you're watching this later, we're going to pray anyway because we want to see that God has an opportunity in your life, which he will do his work. So if that's you today and you don't know Christ and you want us to pray with you, throw a hand up right now and we're going to pray with you. You want to know Jesus today as the greatest source. Yes, yes, amen, 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 amen. Let's pray. Because again, if you're online and you're watching this now or if you're online seeing this later or you're on a podcast, pray this prayer. Hey, Lord Jesus, I thank you that you are the greatest source of all. And for me, you're the source of salvation. 
and life. I receive your work for me. And I declare you are my Lord. And you are my Savior. And I choose to walk with you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, give him a praise today. Come on. So good. If that was you today and you prayed that prayer, I want to offer the opportunity um, for you to, to, to reach out to us as a church and want to get you connected with somebody who will disciple you one-on-one -on -one with a group who's going to disciple you or some other opportunity we may have for ministry to help you walk through the process that God has for you to fulfill the calling on your life. Okay? We have been saved to not simply just say, hey, now I have hope and now I feel good. But we've been saved to then have our lives set on a proper course that will glorify and that will honor God. And part of that happens through the discipleship process of learning. Jesus said this in Matthew 28, that he would be with us through this process of what he called us to do, which is baptizing the nations, right? In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and then teaching them to observe all things that he's commanded us. And so as part of that, as a, as a church family, we provide opportunities for you to have that type of ministry so that you can receive what the Lord had said and that we can do what we're called to do as the church to help you walk it out. So I encourage you, if that's you, and if you've prayed that before and you've been in this church and you're kind of doing that, I'm isolated, I'm not quite sure what to do, reach out, okay? The information's there, next step at therockonline.org or just call our office and we'll get you connected so we can get you with somebody who can walk you through the process to learn what it is that this salvation work does in your life and then what it is that you're called to do beyond that. Amen? Amen. I love y'all. Thanks for hearing today. Give it up for the Lord. Thank you for listening to our podcast. For more information about our church, visit therockonline.org.